As San Diego enters the rainy season, do we have the water needed during the ongoing drought? I'm Matt Hoffman, and this is KPBS Roundtable. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. Despite some recent rainfall, a historic drought is continuing its dry spell across California. Regulators are asking residents to conserve water wherever they can as millions of dollars are being invested in infrastructure. Local water officials say the San Diego region is better prepared, but that could be changing. For years, officials have known that local reservoirs and dams need some major improvements. And while emergency repairs are underway, there's questions about their long-term viability and the potential impact on already rising water rates. Joining us this week are KPBS's environment reporter Eric Anderson, Voice of San Diego's environment and energy reporter Mackenzie Elmer is back, and David Garrick is here. He's the City Hall reporter with the San Diego Union-Tribune. I want to welcome you all back to Roundtable. Eric, let's start with what's happening this week. We've had some recent rain, which you'd think would be a good thing during a drought, but it's creating some issues at one of the city's largest reservoirs. What's happening over at Lake Hodges, Eric? I mean, why is water being dumped instead of being stored? Well, when you have a 104-year-old structure that's been holding back water uh, for over a century, uh, things are going to wear and tear on that. And uh, the city discovered that uh, about a year ago. They began a repair project. Uh, once they lowered the lake levels to start that repair work, they found that, well, the, the dam isn't in as good a shape as we thought it was. So, uh, you know, we're going to have to do some more repairs on it. And uh, they had to keep the water level at a certain level to, I think it's like 275 feet above sea level, uh, to make sure that there's not too much pressure on the dam while those repairs are going on. And what happened was, is big surprise, we got rain. And rain meant that that 248 square mile watershed that that feeds the Lake Hodges Reservoir uh, started to fill it up. Uh, and the city said, look, we need to uh, raise the level of the lake by about two feet. That's some 250 million gallons. Uh, the math people figured that out for me. I didn't do the, the numbers there, but 250 million gallons of water that they feel that they need to release to keep the water level at the safe level while these repairs are going on. And to be clear, Eric, I mean, the whole point of reservoirs is literally like to store drinking water or? Yeah, it, it is. Uh, it's to capture drinking water. It's because the water that falls out of the sky is basically free. So it makes it very cost effective for the city of San Diego, where the cost of water is very expensive. And we'll talk about that a little bit more, I'm sure. 
but you know you have to recognize that the city has nine reservoirs you know kind of there are nine reservoirs scattered around the uh, san diego and that's only about 10 percent of the drinking water that we have so we get we still import a lot of drinking water from outside of the region as well as generating water you know along the coast at the desal plant and and you know soon uh, from the pure water plant that the city is building And we're going to jump into that in just a minute. David Garrick from the Union Tribune is also here with us. And David, you've done a lot of reporting on all this. And it's not just our water supply that's being impacted, but when was the last time somebody could go fishing or boating over at Lake Hodges? Yeah, it's been closed since last May. And I guess there's no end in sight with these additional repairs that are necessary that that Eric mentioned, because when they lowered the level, they saw that there were more micro fractures than they had thought. And when they announced that this fall, they said that the typical opening in February every year of recreational activities there, boating and fishing, was probably threatened and probably won't happen. So, uh, you know, if if that's part of your plan to stay fit and healthy, uh, I would say uh, maybe find a new plan. Mackenzie Elmer from Voice of San Diego is also back with us. And Mackenzie, can you give us some background here? It sounds like a while back, reservoirs became a bigger piece of how San Diegans get their water. Eric alluded to a little bit of this, but how many do we have and how do they fit into like our overall water picture? Yeah, back in the 1990s when um, we were experiencing a very bad drought and um, San Diego only had one connection to the Colorado River, and that was through Los Angeles Metropolitan Water Agency. San Diego had experienced a a huge cut in uh, water resources because of that drought that went through Los Angeles. And so San Diego kind of went back to the the table and decided, okay, we need to generate more local water for ourselves. We have to make some deals. We have to build some uh, emergency storage. And so they they did. They built a bunch of reservoirs. They built and they made a big deal with Imperial uh, Irrigation District out east um, to secure some Colorado River water through them. And um, in terms of reservoirs, though, that was the original question. It looks like the County Water Authority, which manages water for the region, has 24 reservoirs total. And in terms of like their capacity and how much water is in there, it's kind of all over the board. I was told that looking at reservoirs is not the best way to to know how much water San Diego has. but in terms of water security, San Diego always points to this this deal they have with Imperial Irrigation District that secures them enough Colorado River water to supply the region, even in times of drought. Hmm. And Eric, it sounds like we import a lot of water from the Colorado River. Can the San Diego region count on that supply like for years to come? Yeah, that's a big question mark, I think, at this point. Uh, there was some reporting that was done in the West a, a couple of days ago that the West may be reaching uh, this doomsday, maybe getting closer to this doomsday scenario where the water level in Lake Mead and Lake Powell drops so low that it can't allow any water to pass further downstream, which, you know, if that happens, Deadpool is what they call that. If that happens, then San Diego is not going to be able to buy water from the Imperial Irrigation District because there's not going to be any water flowing to the Imperial Irrigation District. We are not there yet, but uh, officials are talking about that possibility in a way that they have not ever before because uh, we are getting closer as those uh, lake levels uh, drop down. And Mackenzie, you want to jump in here? I just wanted to chime in. I mean, that that is the concern that, you know, the Colorado River will be so stressed out and so overused that somehow water won't actually make it down to Imperial Irrigation District, which is where we get most of our water right now. We could be at the San Diego due to a kind of a poor relationship with Los Angeles over the years. They've really relied heavily more on that Imperial water. But as far as I understand it from officials, 
because Imperial Irrigation District back in the early 1900s when, you know, Western expansionists moved out here and built canals and uh, expanded the Colorado River water use, that Imperial water has first priority rights, which means they're basically last in line to get cut should the federal government or other, um, you know, other deals go through to ask people to cut back on water use. And David, go ahead. Well, I'm saying big picture, though, I mean, that's the reason why there's been so much focus on pure water, which is basically recycling sewage and then desalination. The idea is you don't want to have to be dependent on all these deals and other outside things. The idea is first to have local water independence, which is tough when you're in a desert, but that's been San Diego's goal. And they've been focused a lot more on it the last decade or so with the desal plant in Carlsbad and with the city launching pure water. And Eric, yeah, the idea is that reservoirs, are they supposed to be like a, a safety net here? Yeah, I, I think that Olivenhain Dam, uh, which is the, the largest reservoir in the county, was built specifically to deal with an emergency situation where we might have our aqueduct to the north cut off. Maybe there's an earthquake that interrupts the supply of water from the Metropolitan Water District. They said, we'd like to have you know a six-month supply of water available to the region, an emergency supply. And that was one of the reasons why that project was built. And the city does have in its reservoirs that emergency supply, but it's not a long-term supply. And if you rely exclusively on the reservoirs for the region's water, it's going to run out pretty quickly. And David, you've done a lot of reporting on the reservoirs, and you found that San Diego's have some of the oldest dams in the state and also the nation. And it sounds like city officials have known for a while that there's some problems here. Have reports shown that any of these dams are literally like so old that they could burst? You know, it's not that bad. The officials always reassure us that there's no risk of a burst. But yeah, we have nine city dams. They're ranging in age from 62 years to 110 years old. So there hasn't been a new one built in a long time. The last one was uh, Lake Miramar uh, in 1960. And the city last year launched a $10 million assessment of the nine dams just to see, you know, if there are maybe greater problems than we think and how much uh, they're going to cost to fix them up and maybe how to prioritize which one should come first and which one should maybe come last. But only three of them are rated poor. That's Lake Hodges and then El Capitan and Lower Otay. And there are none in the city of San Diego's uh, dam system that are rated unsatisfactory, which is the, the lowest rating. So the uh, news could be worse. I guess, but it also could be a lot better because, you know, there's uh, there's not a lot of money to fix these up. The city is hoping that maybe they'll get some uh, money of the, the big Biden uh, federal infrastructure bill because that did include a lot of money for dams. And there's some state low interest loans, but, uh, you know, there's not a lot of money to fix these up. And the Hodges is the most in need of repair. Uh, there's a plan to build a replacement dam for that about 100 yards downstream, but that's going to take a decade. And then the other eight, we don't have long term plans yet. So it sounds like the city's saying that we need to replace these dams, and you kind of alluded to it, but do they have that money secured yet? They, they don't, and some of them may not be replaced. I mean, the evaluation will determine which ones need to be replaced, which ones maybe could be fixed up, you know, which ones could be adjusted in, in another way. Um, but Hodges, definitely, the decision there is it's got to be replaced. And I'm curious, has anyone heard from water officials? We touched on this a little bit. If reservoirs can't operate at full capacity, what's the ripple effect for consumers? I mean, I think one of you guys touched on this earlier. It sounds like using reservoirs is certainly cheaper than importing water. I, I, I'll just take a stab at this. Um, uh I don't think it's going to affect the cost. First of all, just because the water is cheaper free because they collect it from rainfall and it accumulates in the reservoirs and then it's available for use for drinking water, it doesn't really substantially lower the bill of uh, buying drinking water for consumers. Um, San Diego pays some pretty hefty prices 
uh, for the water because uh, water that's generated in Carlsbad at the desalination plant is very expensive water to generate. It, it takes a lot of energy to force the seawater through the filters that remove the salt. So that's a very expensive way to get water. The water that we import is also very expensive water. The deals with the Imperial Irrigation District are uh, escalating water prices over time. Not only do we get a little bit more water from them, but the price of that water per acre feet, which is a measurement that the water agencies use, the price of that water goes up as well uh, along the life of that contract. So water is not gonna be getting any cheaper and there's not enough capacity in the local reservoirs to kind of offset the cost for consumers. As we mentioned before, they're only about 10% of the local water they supply. So while 10% is something, you know, they don't impact the bills that much because it's only 10% of the supply. And Mackenzie, go ahead. Well, there was an example, though, with Sweetwater Authority that recently transferred water between its two reservoirs in response to the drought. Um, they're, they're one agency that actually relies probably the least on Colorado River water. They have their own local sources. They have a desalination plant. They use aquifer water. But they said, you know, um, it's actually an Union Tribune story that transferring this water um, to use more of that like local supply that they have is is cheaper than purchasing it from San Diego County Water Authority. And increasingly, I, I, I see water agencies looking for their own local supply. These different cities, obviously San Diego is doing pure water, and eventually they say that that'll be cheaper. Um, I know like some agencies in Eastern, I forget, Eastern Municipal Water District, they're, they're doing their own recycling plant. So increasingly, I think they're placing bets on local um, recycling being cheaper than importing water to the region and having to go through the San Diego County Water Authority. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. You're listening to KPBS Roundtable. We're taking a closer look at the state of water in San Diego. Our guests this week are Eric Anderson from KPBS News, Mackenzie Elmer from Voice of San Diego, and David Garrick from the San Diego Union-Tribune. Eric, you had a story back in May where you spoke with an official from the San Diego County Water Authority, and his quote sort of stood out to me. He was saying, even though we may be positioned better than the rest of the state, it's never okay to waste water, especially now. But isn't that what's being done when these millions of gallons are being dumped from the reservoir? Is it just going to waste? Or uh, Matt, we prefer you not look behind the curtain at this point uh, and just kind of ignore that. The thing about back in May, right, uh, California was already getting word that we're going to have another drought condition that's going to extend through this water year. And local officials, you know, had been investing billions in their water supply network over the last 15 or so years. And they were, you know, kind of puffing their chest out a little bit and saying, look, we've got plenty of water here in San Diego. It's not a concern. We have a, we have enough water, even if the drought continues to supply water to the region for five years. 
but that was kind of a, a message that was uh, a little bit uh, discordant with what we were hearing from the state of California and Governor Newsom, who was calling for water use restrictions in metropolitan areas. And one thing that they said, they kind of acknowledged that it's never okay to waste water. They were, you know, continue to have their water conservation uh, pleas and turf replacement uh, programs. But, you know, I think uh, a little of that was was bragging uh, by the San Diego County Water Authority. I hope they don't get mad at me for saying that. But, but you know, recognizing the investment that they had been made in specifically for a time uh, like we're going through now. And Mackenzie, some of your reporting reveals that costs to import water like from places like the Colorado River have almost tripled. But also your reporting reveals that San Diegans are actually using less water compared to just a few decades ago. So do we know why residents are essentially paying more for less? This all goes back to the fact that the actual water itself doesn't really cost anything. It's all about the cost to get it here. So because, you know, we're in a coastal desert um, with no real uh, water sources for ourselves uh, with the growing city. We have to import it all from the Colorado River and we have to generate it from the ocean. We have to pay for all of that infrastructure to do that. And so those costs continue to rise, especially with inflation, with all the fixes that David and Eric were talking about to things like the, the dams. So that kind of upkeep cost is really what uh, continues to push the price up. So San Diegans uh, did and have cut their water use. They used to use, I guess, in 1990, 235 gallons of drinkable water per day. And by 2021, San Diegans cut that almost in half to 130 gallons per day. So indeed, um, you know, mega droughts that have, you know, flown through the, the region have taught San Diegans to use less water. But yes, the price is increasingly rising due to, you know, building out that infrastructure and maintaining it, um, which are costs that just probably won't stop rising. <laughs> no, and I think the idea is even if you're using less water, the infrastructure costs the same. The infrastructure's there, it costs to build it, it costs to maintain it. So if you're using less water, you're not really lowering your cost that much because the infrastructure costs the same to maintain even if less water is flowing through it. Eric, what are your thoughts? And if you build a dam or you build a project in San Diego, you're not paying for that out of pocket immediately. You're taking out bonds that are 40-year bonds. So, you know, we're paying today in our water bills uh, projects that were initiated 10, 20, sometimes even 30 or 40 years ago. Um, those those stranded costs still exist. Um, the question I had for you, Mackenzie, was uh, you talked about how the price of water or the use of water has, has fallen uh, over the last couple of decades. Is there still room to go? Uh, is it, can we be better with our water use moving forward? I think that if you ask anybody outside of San Diego, they would say yes. <laughs> I've, I've heard that, um, you know, throughout this drought, you know, San Diego County Water Authority has been able to stand on the fact that it has the secured water supplies from all of the, the money that it's spent um, over the years to, to have the emergency storage project, to have all these dams, to have the desalt plant, and the deal with Imperial. Um, and so really, um, while Northern California and, you know, into Los Angeles have had to cut back on their water supplies, San Diegans really haven't been asked to do that. Maybe on a voluntary basis, you know, there's been a lot of ads to like replace your lawn with desert landscape, which is a really good thing to do because that is truly the landscape here. Grass is not really a natural property of San Diego. But um, I'm sure that there is room for San Diegans to reduce their water use, especially with outdoor irrigation. And that seems to be something that the federal government might be looking at to um, further define like what is a uh, best use and a reasonable use of water 
do we need to start cracking down on uh, outdoor irrigation? And we've seen water rates continue to rise. In fact, I just saw an email from the city of San Diego reminding residents that in the new year to expect an increase and then the following year too. But that could be changing. There's a plan to help with that. And you guys have alluded to it. San Diego officially began its pure water project in 2021. It's the largest infrastructure project in the city's history. David, what does that project intend to do and where does it stand now? Uh, they're building phase one right now. There's pipeline being laid, uh, you know, through much of northern San Diego, University City and Claremont. And there's a giant uh, recycling plant uh, that's being built in Miramar. And then uh, Lake, uh, Lake Miramar and Scripps Ranch is getting ready to store that water. So there's a lot of work being done. Phase one is a, a, the high flying uh, construction part of it. Uh, and the idea is to recycle, you know, millions of gallons of, of sewer water that gets purified through like eight different processes to make it uh, potable drinking water. Uh, it's a, it's been done in other places. It's been proved successful, and uh, San Diego's finally gotten around to it. This has been in the works for about 15 years, really. And Mackenzie, it sounds like a goal of the project is to supply 50% of San Diego's water by 2035. To your knowledge, is the project on track to meet that goal? It sounds like a that's a big jump. Well, yeah, and actually, as, as San Diegans conserve more water, that number continues to rise, right? Like they used to, I think the city was saying maybe 40 to 45%. And then with recent numbers being updated about how much less water San Diegans use, then the city could say, oh, actually, we could supply 50% of our water. Yeah. With- actually, because I think it was one third when it got approved. It was oh, one okay. Third. Thank yeah. you. Because, because of what you said, though, people are using less water. So, I mean, went from one third to a half by the time it's actually complete. Maybe it'll be three quarters. Maybe. And I mean, David, you're kind of the expert on really where the progress is with um, the yeah, the Pure Water Project. But I know that there was a big uh, problem where a sewage pump had some. Maybe you can talk about that. No, there's been there's been a million problems. I mean, just this week, the, the city lost a lawsuit with SDG&E about how they have to move their uh, their utilities to help make Pure Water happen. And those are just costs that keep getting pushed on to the ratepayers. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a nightmare. There was a problem with labor about whether the city was going to do a project labor agreement, and then uh, the but the one you're talking about is in the Morena area. There was this basin that they were going to be you know basically a pump station, and they could not get it to stop flooding, and they could not get it to stop flooding. So now they have to build like a bathtub around this thing. It's going to cost at least twenty million dollars. I mean, it's it's good that they came up with a clever fix, but all these costs just keep adding to the the end price tag for pure water, which you know it's unfortunate, but. Uh, the city wanted an independent water supply, and that's that's what they're going to get. Eric, earlier we mentioned that San Diego was doing better than other neighboring counties and initially saw less water restrictions than like Los Angeles or even Orange County. Is that still the case? Yeah, we haven't been forced to, to curtail the use of water in San Diego. It's uh, been kind of gentle reminders from water officials. It's been uh, gentle reminders from uh, city of San Diego officials, but if you're, you know, dead set on using as much water as you can, uh, there's no, there's no stick out there right now, and, and that's something that could change as the drought deepens, uh, both in the West, uh, where the Colorado River has an impact, and here in California, where the, you know, the state water supply, uh, state water project has an impact. Uh, Mackenzie, our region is still in some drought restrictions or recommendations, maybe. I remember seeing things about watering lawns and washing cars. Are people supposed to be doing or not doing certain things right now? Well, first of all, you should never wash your car in your driveway. That's just like bad environmental practice because all of the crap from your car will flood into the ocean drain and pollute the region. But 
<laughs> that aside, yeah, the city of San Diego has like, as far as I understand it, kind of like this permanent drought restriction um, in place. So you can go to their website and read about, you know, what you should and shouldn't do. Um, I, th- I, someone maybe can fill me in, but last I heard there were restrictions in terms of like when you should water your lawn or when you can water your lawn after a rain. So like that triggers some kind of, you know, you need to wait X amount of hours before you can water your lawn. Um, I think the other thing is that each um, city or water agency has their own um, drought uh, conservation plan. So they kind of based on the larger uh, drought components that triggers different restrictions based on where you live. So it can get a little complicated. um, But as far as I know, there's no, you know, drought police walking the streets and ticketing people for washing their car in their driveway or something. So. And as we wrap up here, a question for everyone, where do you all see this developing or what are you looking for moving ahead here? And Eric, we can start with you. Well, I think that uh, the big thing to watch is uh, whether or not our uh, ambitions about water use uh, uh, stay in line with the supply. Um, And what I mean by that is, you know, is the Colorado River water supply as secure as local officials hope? Um, Is the... uh, uh, the trade-off of a spent, you know, generating extra water from the ocean at the Carlsbad desalination plant is that trade-off worth the environmental impacts that are in place there? Um, how big does the Pure Water Project end up being? I think that's a the big question. You know, uh, they said something like 80 million gallons of water a day in the first phase, but they could easily double the size of that if it works well. So um, those are all kind of questions that are out there. Um, I will say this, I think that uh, San Diego is in a little bit better position than our friends to the north um, because uh, of the investments that have been made over the last decade or so. I would say long term from a consumer's perspective, bills are roughly $100 a month for a typical family now. And with all these new costs, I mean, I just wonder in 10 years whether people are going to be paying 200 a month or 160 a month. I don't know. But I think it's going to definitely be higher by a significant margin. And Mackenzie, go ahead. Well, in terms of the climate, I mean, we're headed for, I think, another winter of La Nina conditions, which just means largely dry winter. Um, so there's concerns across the state that, you know, the drought is going to continue to intensify. And, um, you know, uh, there's problems up north with the state water project there that that is uh, producing less and less water for that region. So that just further puts more demand on the already stretched Colorado River. And I know that... Um, you know, San Diego is in a good position because it, you know, made all those investments to secure the water that it has. But all eyes right now are kind of on the federal government, which um, kind of has the ultimate stick to decide, you know, if if um, the larger negotiations over a Colorado River water use between the states and nations that use it, if that uh, doesn't produce uh, enough savings um, in the future that they're going to have to start, you know, stepping in and forcing Um, conservation in a big way. We're going to have to end it there, but it sounds like there's a lot more to come. I want to thank our guests for this week's edition of KPBS Roundtable, Eric Anderson, Mackenzie Elmer, and David Garrick. Be sure to stream our show anytime as a podcast. Roundtables produced by Andrew Bracken and Adrian Villalobos is our technical director. I'm your host, Matt Hoffman. Thanks so much for being here with us. Have a great weekend. (laughs) 